Welcome to Newbridge Christian Community, a place where experience perfection unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Join us as Pastor David Ogenerubo teaches and divides the word of truth. Be blessed as you listen to the sermon. In Christ, we are God's new breed. We are talking about something that is very serious. Your eternity. Eternal life. So the question says, am I saved? We are talking about the foundations, the facts. Praise the Lord. It is, am I saved? Last week we talked about salvation in the broad sense of it. Today I'll be going deeply into how does a person know he's saved. Now, what I'm talking about, a lot of people are in church. They are enjoying the motions. They are just many people are caught up by religious activity. I've seen people say, Oh, um, um, this is the one I found. Let me hold. I was preaching to a man and he told me, Me, I'm a guru Maraji. I said, You see, this is the one I found. I'm holding it tight. And like, how are you sure that this thing? He said, hey, This is the one I found. You know, the problem. It's not just about the the denomination they mentioned. There are other people who actually have fresh names or not as they don't they are not as popular as the the, the denomination that was mentioned here and they are doing the same thing. So many things that people are are counting on, but God has put in a particular message. There is a particular way. Praise the Lord. You can be zealous and miss out that way. Let me read to you. Romans 10. Romans 10 from verse 1. Now this was Paul writing to the church in Rome about Israel. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Are you seeing this? This was his prayer. Verse 2. It says, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God but not according to knowledge. That means they are not saved. They have a zeal of God, but if the zeal is not according to their proved knowledge, they are still not saved. Are you following this? It says, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. It was not just Israel doing it. Many people are still doing it today. Many people believe that if I keep giving to the poor, God look at my giving to the poor. That's not it. As great as that is, that can be the result of salvation, but that's not the root of salvation. Are you following this? So today, like I said earlier, I'll be treating in detail. How do you know a person is saved? I gave two definitions of salvation last week. Can we two of them out. What's the first one? Okay. What's the next one? Good. Salvation is the story of the utter helplessness of man and the sovereign intervention of God. Then the last one we said salvation is the totality of God's work 
but today we start with another definition now the definition i'm going to give you right now is not so different from what you've heard before but it's going to be more technical are you following this salvation is the supernatural work of god in recreating the heart of man at the very core this kind of teaching you should pay attention salvation is the supernatural work of god in recreating the heart of man as the very core of their being i'm giving space for those who are writing Salvation is the supernatural work of God in recreating the heart of man at the very core of their being. Now, many of you know, and I want to also announce that, you know that the ministry of the Church of Jesus Christ is evangelism and discipleship. Meaning to get souls saved and to train them in Christ. Praise the Lord. To save them and to train them. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says, He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers he gave some apostles prophets evangelists some pastors and teachers verse 12 for what for the perfecting of the saints do you see this that's where we go down name, the perfecting church for the perfecting of the saints i personally the, the philosophy that i received from the lord concerning what we are doing here is can't we have a standard are you following me different shades and styles and types of christianity i began my journey seeking god to get the truth can't a person my, my greatest joy as a minister is can't i see a person move from raw sinner do you understand what i'm saying from the raw sinner to how the word of god can transform him to what the bible actually speaks of is it possible yes for the perfecting of the sense but you see it's not enough for you to be saved god wants you to know now he's saying for the perfecting of the sense i'm sure you know the, the normal uh, religious way of thinking when you hear somebody is called a saint that means he's perfect but the Bible is saying that the saints actually are the ones that need perfection. Yes, Lord, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's telling you that it's the saints that need perfection. So what does that mean? What's the what's the criteria to become a saint? To be, if you believe in Jesus Christ, He has made you a saint. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. After that, the next thing that ha- that you need is spiritual growth. That's what we can also call perfection. Are you seeing this? People say, eh, 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 people that are going to church, they are not asking like they are going to church. Becoming first. Believe in Jesus Christ first. Praise the Lord. John, first John chapter five, from verse thirteen. You will see the the way the apostles reasoned. First John five verse thirteen. He says, "These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God." Look at the way he's writing to them. He says, These things have I written unto you that believe. So he was writing to believers. Are you following this? He says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye might 
that ye may know that ye have eternal life. So, they already have eternal life, but it's writing to them that they will know. Because it is the knowledge that makes it real in your life. Praise God. It says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Have they not believed so you see, the, 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 the apostles had this character of training the saints. Obviously, who gave them that character? Jesus. You see Paul say in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, I will not have you ignorant. Meaning, he can actually teach you about, he was actually teaching them about spiritual gifts. Now concerning spiritual gifts, I will not have you ignorant. Other times, he will say, concerning them which sleep, that means then which Christians who are dead, I will not have you ignorant. He's always making sure that he will not have them ignorant. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at Peter's own. Second Peter verse ch- chapter 1 from verse 12. Second Peter 1 verse 12. It says, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. As it were, if we want to sing, singularize this verse, we can say he was talking to them about the present truth. They already knew it. They already knew it. Are you following me? They already knew it. Some of them have even been established in it, but Peter says, I will not be negligent. I will keep on reminding you. Praise God. He wants you to be so conscious of this thing. That this, is the, this is the operating system of your life. Divine, are you following me? Amen. Amen. So even if you know what I'm, I'm going to say, I will say it again. Because that's the pattern of the apostles. Amen. Amen. Last week we mentioned that the assurance of salvation is the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 12. Come in, come in, come in. Come in, there's space, come in. There's enough space for you. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 12. Now, make sure you are ready with your books and bios. Are you following me? It's just an adjust the idea. Amen. It says that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Say after me, I trust in Christ. That is what salvation really is about. That you trust in Christ. Are you following this? That's what it's really about. That you trust in Christ. He says that we should be to the praise of his glory. Who first trusted in Christ. Verse 13. In whom ye also trusted. Say after me I trust in Christ. After that ye heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. So in God's mind. The way a person will truly trust in Christ. Is after he has heard the gospel. Not that. I trust Christ. And I ain't go give him. Give me Gary to chop. Have you heard the gospel of your salvation? The gospel of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And that is the trust. Are you following this? This that is the basis of the trust that guarantees salvation. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom also after ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Amen. So according to the Bible, when does the person receive the Holy Spirit? After he has believed. Are you following this? 
So once a person believes, he has the Holy Spirit. Once a person has trusted in Christ after he has heard the gospel, the gospel that Christ has taken your debts. You know, I was preaching to a, a, a man yesterday. If, if you see him, you'll be wondering what I was, I was doing with him. He had a bottle of beer behind him. But he, it was in front. But when I was preaching, he hid it. You see, I want to encourage you, believers, when you go to preach, don't, don't ever try to, don't judge people. Praise God. I, I met him and said, Guy, how far? Can I just talk with you? My name is David. I want to share something with you. I said, okay, fine. I said, okay, he will pause his drink for now. And I explained to him that I want to share with you the Christian message. What's the gospel in a nutshell? It is that God has accepted the work of Christ for the redemption of man. What does that mean? It means that man was destined to die because of sin and iniquity. A good God is supposed to judge evil men. But he's not just a good and just God. He's also a love God. So, as a love God, even though we are the one that was supposed to die, he was supposed to recompense us with judgment and death. He comes to take the judgment and death for us. Do you understand it? So, he is the judge. But he also comes and takes our place as our own sacrifice. That was what happened in, that was what was demonstrated with Abraham and his son. So, God told Abraham, sacrifice your son, thy only son. Abraham was going with his only son to sacrifice. Halfway, as he was about to kill Isaac, God came and said, stop! And God provided the lamp for the sacrifice. The same thing in redemption. We were destined to die. God as the just judge was supposed to recompense us with judgment. But he came and took the judgment for us so that you will live. So somebody say, glory! glory. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So God came and took the punishment for us so that anybody who believes in him will live. And did not just die, he resurrected so that after he has taken your death, you can be a partaker of his life. He rose up from death to prove to you that only he can destroy death and have the power over death. Over death. Are you following me? Praise God. So I was explaining this to him. So I told him, do you believe now? Now, I, And I asked him a question. What would you do if you are supposed to stand before God tomorrow? Would you want to stand before God on your own merit on what Christ has done for you? He said, ah, I want to stand on what Christ has done for me. As I was explaining this thing to him, I felt the power of the Spirit. You see, it was touching him so much that he almost he almost want, wanted to find somewhere to hide the beer. Then we began to pray. On the road, I said, come, let's pray. This thing did not take up to 10 minutes. But because his, his heart was open, are you following? But if, if you see his head, that die everywhere. He had six packs, so beautiful man like this, tall. But because his heart was open, 
Imagine if I just looked at him and said, ah, this one is a sin. You know, some people believe that if your hair is, if you have that in your hair, that's, you are a sinner. Then if you have low coat, you are a, you are a Christian. <laughs> they are wrong. I'm telling you, they are wrong. None of those things is what makes you Christian. Uh-uh. It's your heart. Are you following me? Oh, the guy wears a ring now and comes to church and says, ah, the real devils have shown up. <laughs> And we prayed. Then he gave me his number. Then he asked for weekly activities. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Somebody say, Amen. He says, In whom ye trust after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Now, whether that guy knows it or not, he has been sealed with the Holy Spirit. By believing in that gospel, by accepting that gospel, he has received the Holy Spirit. Say after me, I have received the Holy Spirit. Many years ago, I used to teach that if a person doesn't speak in tongues, he has not received the Holy Spirit. I was wrong. Because consciously, you are banking on works again. Are you following this? No. You believe in, in Christ Jesus, you accept him and you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will produce the tongues. Not the other way around. Are you following me? So every Christian can speak in tongues, but not every Christian speaks in tongues because not every Christian has been taught. Yes, it is true. The Holy Spirit is the assurance of salvation. But I cannot see your face and know that you have the Holy Spirit. Are you following this? I cannot come and see Mommy Mercy's face and say, Ah, she's looking very quiet. She has the Holy Spirit. Then I look at Brother Wisdom's face and say, Ah, this face is very strong. No, he cannot have the Holy Spirit. If I do that, that's carnality. So the Bible gives us more proof, more things to check for that a person has been saved. Are you following me? Matthew 7. Some of you have done this thing with you before. Some of you have heard it before. Some of you will say, Ah, David has come again. Eh, eh, I've come again. Amen. Promise 13. He says, Enter ye in at the straight gates. Are you, if you are with your Bible, just read with me. Are you seeing this? It says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. So, what did he say? Enter ye in at the straight gate. So there is a straight gate. Let's assume this is the straight gate. It says, Enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate. So there's another gate too. For wide is the gate. For wide is the gate, and narrow and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. I hope everybody see what I'm doing here. Yes, sir. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way. That leaded to destruction. And many the people which go in there at. Because straight is the gate. And narrow is the way. And narrow is the way. Which leadeth unto life. And few the be. That find it. I don't want to say amen. Because many will find it in my generation. Amen. 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 
what did he say? He says, straight is the gate and narrow is the way. So there is a straight gate. Pay attention, please. Hey, God. There is a straight gate and there is a narrow way. There is a wide gate and there is a broad way. Okay? Jesus is a masterful teacher. Broadway. Are we together? Yes, sir. Okay. Verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. That's verse 16. It says, Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Can you go to a tree of thorns and get grapes? No. Can you go to a, a tree of thistles to get figs? No. Verse 17. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. Are you following this? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. This is analogy number one. Number two, he says, good tree, good fruit. Corrupt tree, evil fruit. Are you seeing this? But he doesn't stop there. He goes on. A good tree. Then verse 18 it says. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So. He now says. A good tree. Cannot. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Are you following this? Now verse 20. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. You see, a lot is said about the straight gates, but few talk about the narrow way. Jesus is telling you something here. He is saying, if you have come through the straight gates, how are we going to know you will be on the narrow way? Are you following this? If you have come to the white gate or if you are on the Broadway, we, we can know where you are. You are around the white gates. Are you seeing this? So, he says, okay, hold that one. He said, let me make it simpler. A good tree brings forth good fruit. A corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot 
bring forth evil fruit. You saw, remember our video. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. A corrupt tree cannot bring forth good fruit. Do you go to a tree of thorns and get grapes? Mm-mm. Do you go to a tree of thistles and get figs? Mm-mm. What is he trying to say? The straight gate actually is Christ. Are you following this? If you have come through Christ, the narrow way, we will see your way of life and know that, okay, these guys come through the straight gate. Just the same way. Because the root is good, the fruit will be good. Because the nature is good, it will produce good fruit. When the nature is evil, it will produce evil fruits. The way you know people who are saved, you see their life. Their life testifies of the fact of whether they are saved or not saved. Their good deeds is not the reason they are saved. Their good deeds is a testimony to the type of roots they have. Are you following me? So, you cannot say, what am I, somebody may say, what is the need for all the type of things you are saying? You cannot just look at somebody and say, stop doing this or start doing this for him to be a Christian. No, he must have gone through the roots first. Are you following me? He must have come through the straight gate. He must have been properly saved by believing in the gospel. Are you following me from where you are coming from? But you will look at his life and know if he has truly believed. Now, this analogy makes us know. If this is what the Bible teaches, how many people are saved? Are you following this? Now, somebody somewhere may be thinking, are you trying to say that the person who is saved does not make mistakes? Are you trying to say that a person who is saved cannot fall into sin? Are you trying to tell me that the person who is saved always produces good fruits? Let's go back to the scripture. He says a good tree produces good fruits. And a corrupt tree produces evil fruits. No matter how good a tree is, if you go to a tree, of let's assume mango and all the fruits on the man all the fruits on the mango tree are bad is that a good tree or a battery is a battery why all the fruits are bad are you following me but if you go to a mango tree and all is good but two or three are bad is that a good tree is a good tree even though there are three that are bad the remain your all if you look at it overall is good because actually what the tree produces is good but when a tree is actually producing bad you know there is something wrong with the roots are you getting what i'm saying a christian can make mistake a christian let me show you what christianity looks like actually when a person gets saved as he walks for he may skip back. But over time, he will skip back again. But 
You know he's making progress. You will look at his life by a person who is saved. Give him time. When you look at the overall of his life, he will begin to increase in godliness. Are you following this? He may struggle. He may have issues. But he truly believed and has been changed from the inside. He's a good tree. He may have some bad fruits, but he's actually a good tree. He will progress. Are you following this? So, Matthew 7 verse 20 says, Wherefore by your fruits you shall know them. It's plural. Are you seeing this? By their fruits you shall know them. Do you understand this? Now, let me help somebody out. Go to verse 21. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works. Verse 23, And I will profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that walk iniquity. This verse of the Bible has been used to scare believers. Now, ah, you can be saved. You can be speaking in tongues. You can be, uh, you can say you have the Holy Spirit, but you don't know what Jesus will tell you. But, go back to that verse again. It says, many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? You see, the issue they have in there is, they did not study it from the, where we are coming from. The people he's talking to here, he's trying to prove to, to 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 attack a particular people go to verse 15 you will see who he's talking about beware of false prophets so those people he's talking to are people who felt people who the people who felt that they could they could use their good works are you following me they thought they could use their prophecy they went to, to dark powers and got prophecy they went to the spirit of darkness and got Powers to prophesy and thought that they could use their good works to impress Jesus. But the root is bad. Yeah. My assistant Fisher. <laughs> so Jesus is telling you that forget that thing they are doing. Look at their life. Are you following me? Their root is bad. Forget that thing. Praise the Lord. So he's not talking about you. Now, another way you know that he's not talking about you is look at what those guys were trusting in. They were trusting in the fact that they prophesied in his name. Not in the fact that he has actually made them a new creature. They were not trusting in the fact that he has died for them. They were not trusting in his redemptive work. They were trusting in themselves. Are you following this? Many people, they still think they are going to make heaven by their good works. No, sir. Don't worry. Next week is when we enter making heaven. All the scriptures of making heaven in the New Testament, we bring them out and tear them, finish them. No. Someone says... A Christian continue in sin. He's telling you a Christian does not continue in sin. He has good fruits. Do you understand? He may make mistakes. You saw that. You saw the video we watched. He may make mistakes, but you will see him. God will make sure. 
Do you understand it? God will ensure because his root is good, his fruit must it will eventually produce good fruit. When you see a person continue in iniquity, you must check is that there's something wrong with the root. Are you following this? When a person has made see in theology, let me tell you what we say. When you see a person, a Christian, or someone who claims to be a Christian, after a while, backslides, goes back to the world, and begins to enjoy the world, and forgets about everything he supposedly received. Did he lose his salvation? No. Was he saved? No. Are you following this? A person who has entered. Once a person has entered these gates, ah, there is no going out. That takes me to the next thing. The reason there is no going out is because the gate actually is a person. The gate man is actually a person. The gate is Christ. Are you following this? When you come through Christ, there is something called security. Praise the Lord. That takes me to the next thing. The doctrine of security. And assurance. Pay attention. I know all of this may look like, what? why are these people? Why are these people talking? See, we need to teach people. We need to teach. Praise God. The doctrine of security says the same power that saved is the same power that will keep you. The same power that saves is the same power that keeps. Now, what I want you to see here is that this doctrine of security relates to the gates. Are you following me? And the doctrine of assurance relates to the way. Are you following me? What did I say? The doctrine of security relates to the gates. The doctrine of assurance relates to the way. How many of you understood what we have said so far? First Peter chapter, Second Peter chapter one, from verse three. Second Peter chapter one. Sorry, First Peter, please. First Peter, please. Thank you. He says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, according to His abundant mercy, hath begotten us again." Pause. He has done what? Begotten us again into a lively hope. Let me tell you, when it has to do with salvation, it's not just that I was doing bad, I want to start doing good. No, it's, it's about a new creature. A new person is born. Do you understand me? In Christ's death, you died. In Christ's resurrection, you were born anew. Praise the Lord. It's called born again. Somebody say born again. Sometimes I'm born again. And if you are not, you will know by the time we go through the scripture. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to the abundance, when he has begotten us again 
into a livelihood power by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Are you So his his death took our old man, but his resurrection brought out a new man. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. It says by the of Jesus Christ from the dead, verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you, verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So, at the coming of Christ, all of us who have believed unto salvation, we are going to be revealed. Please, the Lord. So, he says, we are kept by the power of God. Say after me, I am kept by the power of God. So, that is the doctrine of security. That the people who are saved are kept. Those who are saved are kept. Hallelujah. Amen. But there is a doctrine of assurance. How do you know that you are among those who are kept? Are you walking in the way? Because you see, it is the Holy Spirit that makes you to be born anew. That same Holy Spirit will make you such a person that you stay in the way. I, remember where we are coming from. The Holy Spirit is the assurance of salvation, right? Overall, He's the assurance of salvation. But now, going into it one by one, you will see that the Holy Spirit is the one that keeps you saved. He's the one that causes you to walk in the way. So, when we look at your life, are we seeing the work of the Spirit that keeps you on the narrow way? Are you following me? Are we seeing that work of the Spirit that ensures that you're on the narrow way and you see the bible keeps mentioning it every every way in the epistle for instance let's look at some of them oh holy spirit colossians chapter 21 chapter 1 verse 21 please colossians 1 verse 21 please verse 21 colossians 1 verse 21 the Bible says, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now are you reconciled. After me, you are not the one begging him for it to accept you. He's the one that came and said, Come. Are you following this? So after me, he has reconciled to himself. He says, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Yet now hath he reconciled, verse, verse 22, in the body of his flesh through death. So it was his death that ensured that we were reconciled. So in his death, he destroyed our nature of sin. So that God can look at us now and say, somebody has already taken your death. I don't need to be angry with you again. Are you following this? So by his death, we don't need to die again. God is no longer angry with us. Are you following this? You know what we God is angry with the world. He wants to punish the world. Uh-uh. He punished the world with coronavirus. It's a lie. He put all the punishment on Jesus Christ. Coronavirus is not is no match. So you think God will punish the world with coronavirus and you can use the toll and wash away coronavirus? You think God will punish the world with coronavirus and washing your hand can stop the power of God? <laughs> you have not started. It says, in the body of his death, through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unalterable in his sight. Now see, if ye continue in the faith grounded and settled, and not and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye heard. If you read this thing plainly, you will think that you can only be reconciled if you continue. 
following me. If you read this thing plainly, you will think he's trying to say that God will not reconcile you to himself if you don't continue. And that's what many people have thought. But what he's actually trying to say is that the people who are reconciled is that they continue. Pay attention. Those who have been reconciled to him, what do they do? They continue. So how do we know people who have been reconciled? If they continue in the faith grounded and settled and not be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So how do you know those who have been reconciled? They continue. They continue in the hope of the gospel. Are you seeing this? How do you know those who the straight gates they continue in the narrow way are you following me do we understand it that's one you see another one colossians 3 you see that he says if ye then be risen with christ seek those things which are above where christ seated on the right hand of god verse 2 it says Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Are you seeing this? Because you believed in him, your life is now hid with Christ in God. Verse 4, it says, When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Say glory. glory. What is he trying to say at the coming of Christ? It's not as though Christ will come and we're like, oh yeah, let's go. Uh-uh. You have become one with him. So when he has appeared, you appear. Your true shape and form comes out. Praise the Lord. Sometimes me, Christ is my life. But how are we going to know? Verse 1. If you are among those who rule, you are going to be those who set your affections on things above. You seek those things that which are above. When you see a person consistently passionate about things that are not Christ, are you saved? Are you risen with Christ? He says, if you are risen with him, you seek those things which are above. Where Christ is on the right hand of God. Verse 2. You set your affections. You see that if clause. That if is a, is a conditional statement. If you be risen, how do we know who are risen? Is that they are on the narrow way. They seek those things which are above. You see, one of the ways we know those who are saved is what are the things that really make them happy? What are the things that... Is it the things that are above? Or the things that are below? It's a half truth, but you need to start asking yourself what are the things that really make me happy? This thing is everywhere. Every... Jesus you know, at the coming of Christ, people say there will be surprises. They'll be at heaven. They'll be surprises. See, every person that is going to go to heaven right now, they know. It's not there. You know, you know. Right now, you will know. You will know if you are going, because heavenly things make you happy already. Because heaven is your country. Are you following it? You belong there. So, when we are talking about the word of God, you are not. If you are the kind of person who. Bible does not interest you. Jesus it does not interest you. Let's worship. Oh. You are sorry. You are you are still in the Broadway. 
When it comes to flexing, eh, girlfriend, waiting there. But you will see amongst all the guys that are flexing, just start talking about God, you will know. All of them are flexing, all of them are smoking, all of them are drinking. As you start preaching there, the ones who have been saved before, they will start becoming sober. Because, say, leave the guy now, let make the guy talk, make the guy talk. Because their heart knows that this thing, this is where the life is actually. Are you following? They know that this is where. But the guy that is not saved, his heart is still. Maybe paradise hearing it. He will start thinking. God will begin to convert him there. Are you following this? Now, am I saying that you must achieve machine perfection? Mm-mm. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you are saved, you have to be And let me even tell you, if you are saved and it looks like you are struggling, when you see a that comes and tells you, I wish I could pray more, I wish I could study more, uh, that thing, that complaint he's having is actually a sign that he's saved. Because his heart is yearning for the things that actually points to where he, where he really belongs. Amen. First Peter chapter 2. Now, do you realize, before we go on, as you open First Peter chapter 2 from verse 1, do you realize that in all the verses we opened to talk about assurance just now, Colossians 1, Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 3, do you realize that they did not mention the Holy Spirit? They did not mention the Holy Spirit. But it is only the Holy Spirit that a man receives that will make desiring things above. Are you following this? In Colossians chapter 3, he says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ seated on the right hand of God. But if you check there, we don't have just quoted, they didn't mention Holy Ghost there. Look at this. For if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of, on the earth. Verse 3. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. For when Christ is alive, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. He didn't mention Holy Spirit here. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. And you that were sometimes alienated in your minds, had to reconcile. In the body of his flesh, through death, to present you holy and un- unblameable. Verse 23. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled. He didn't mention Holy Spirit here. But we know that it is, it is by the Holy Spirit that, it's only by the Holy Spirit that a man can continue. It's only by the Holy Spirit that a man can set his affections on things above. It's only by the Holy Spirit a man's heart can begin to Desire those things. Romans chapter 5 from verse 5. It says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So, the only way you can begin to love God or the things of God is by the Holy Spirit. If you are here hearing my voice and you, you know that you don't love the things of God, don't feel bad for yourself. Are you following me? Don't feel condemned that, oh, look at what this guy is saying. So, am I, am I not saved? You can't actually make yourself to love the things of God. Are you following this? But you can receive the Holy Spirit. You can trust Christ. And you will do the work on the inside. I'm telling you, you don't need to force it. Just accept Christ. Trust in Christ. And soon you will see. Praise God. First Peter chapter 2. Still under assurance. He says, Wherefore laying aside all malice and guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes, 
desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now, see that if marker again. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So, what is he trying to say? When a person has tasted of the Lord's grace, what will happen? He will begin to desire the sincere milk of the word of God. Many of you cannot explain what happened to you. Where you just got to the point where I want to hear the word. I want the word. I, it's the word. The word. I want the raw word. <laughs> is this thing no? Salvation. Because you have become a new person, your desires have changed. You know, when you are small, you'll be taken seriously. Like, there's a way you grow. You want to chew meat now. Praise God. There were days in my Christian life, all I wanted to hear was motivational speaking. You can make it. Aspire to desire the fire, the scatter the fire. I used to enjoy motivational talk. Work hard. If you, when, when you follow shortcut, it will cut you short. Ah, all those rhymes. I used to like all those things. A time came where I didn't. I wanted scripture. I couldn't explain it, but I wanted the Bible. Are you following me? Why? Because as newborn babes, the sincere milk of the word, you want the real thing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you are here and all I've said is making you feel like, ah, I'm not passionate about the Bible. I'm not you need to do. I've told you the way. Trust in Christ. Open your heart to hear the message of Christ. Let it enter you. Are you following this? Open your heart. That's the way to start. Praise God. And for those of you who are saved and you are thinking, what if halfway I stop desiring? Uh uh-uh, uh, you will not. Are you following me? You will not stop. Once it starts you out, there is no turning back. Praise God. John chapter 10, verse 27. As we begin to round up. It says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Are you seeing this? If you are a sheep, you will hear his voice. And you will follow him. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Do you know what this means? We'll talk about this more next week. It means that no Christian is going to hell. <laughs> hey, anytime I say this thing, anytime I say this, we are like, hey, what's this guy saying? I've just told you. It says, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hands. You know. <laughs> Jesus is trying to say. Even if you mistake. You escape my hand. You cannot escape my father's hand. Even though him and his father are one. He's trying to show you the emphasis. The next verse shows you that. It's the father which gave them is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hands. I and my father are one. He's trying to show you the extent. Do you know what God wants to do? The aim of the gospel is to bring man to the point where man submits to God. 
He wants you to. He wants to bring you to the point where you say, God, see, I, I have no other choice but to follow you. That's what God wants. But as long as a person's mind is still hardened, no, God will not grant salvation. No. You've not, you've not understood the gospel yet. When you are still trusting yourself, you have not understood it. When your mind is still hardened, you don't understand it. God wants to bring you to the point where you say, I surrender. I surrender to you and I trust you. What will you do with your life? Surrender to God. You are not too young to surrender. You are not too old to surrender. Choose to live for him. So, let me tell you the truth. If a person d- desires to know God and to surrender to God, even if he's not saved, God will work out. It's as if God has an alarm bell in heaven. That once a man is beginning to search for him, even if the man is going about it the wrong way, God will find a way to reach him. The Bible talks about Cornelius. That every day Cornelius will bring... Cornelius thought that it was a sacrifice that God wants. So every day, the Bible says Cornelius was a devout man. He will go and offer sacrifices. He will even give alms. He says he was a devout man and one that feared God with all his house. He gave much alms to the people and prayed to God. Now, did he know the God he was praying to? No. He was just praying. He was giving. He felt it was his giving. Are you seeing his works mentality? He felt it was his giving that would make him saved. At some point, he felt it was his prayers that would make him saved. So God had that thinking, how are we going to get to this man? Send Peter to him. So God appeared to him in a vision and said, I will send Peter to you. God wants you to surrender to him. That thing you want to trust in, don't trust in it. Surrender to God. Praise the Lord. That thing that is with, that is dragging you back from taking God seriously. Some people is their friends. Dragging them. They want to say, ah, you don't become pastor. You don't ah, you don't go to that, that boy church. Ah. Hey, you don't join them. <laughs> Some people they don't want to look bad for their friends. They don't want to. Are you following this? They don't want to be shy. I've gone to preach to people before. I've gone to preach before and I looked. See my stature now. I. I got there. Odd way. Big, big men like this. Me like this. Knowing there's plenty money inside. Okay, what do you want? I was preaching in this road one time and a big woman came out with a red Vesa. Uh huh. Uh huh. So when people see that kind of thing, they're like, "Ha! Ah, how am I going to be preaching now? But don't forget, God is behind you. The God that created the entire universe is behind you. Surrender to Him. Choose to follow Him. Praise God. He says, send men to Joppa and call for one Simeon, whose son name is Peter. Every single person that looks like one big shot on the earth, one day you will stand before God. One day, everybody will dock and stand before God. If you like, have 10 packs, no problem. He will stand before God. <laughs> and is this thing that will matter? Is what I'm talking about that will matter? What will you choose to do? Say after me, I, I choose to surrender. He has gotten you covered. The Bible says if you believe in him, you are saved eternally. He will work on you. All the challenges you have, he will work on it to ensure that you overcome them. So what will you do? Why? Why? Don't waste time. Don't waste time. You follow me? Don't waste time trying to say, let me check this. Let me explore, enjoy this one. Let me enjoy this one. Let me enjoy that one. Uh-uh. Follow him. 
just begin to give him praise right now bless his name father we thank you oh so i know you may have issues you are trusting god for money you are trusting god for food you are trusting god for school fees you are trusting god for the next thing choose to surrender Thank you for listening to the sermon. We hope you have been blessed by the teaching. Please visit our website, newbridgeccng.org, to download more of our sermons. Remain blessed.